0: Let us pray. May the words of my lips and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. One of my earliest memories is being in church on Christmas Eve. I don't remember how old I was, and if I'm honest, I remember basically nothing about the service itself. Really, all I remember about that night was three different things. First was my stunning fashion sense. I can still picture, let's say, let's assume I'm four, four four-year-old me walking down the aisle, strutting up to my pew in my corduroy pants, my white button-down, and my red sweater vest. I looked brilliant, and I still wear sweater vests, by the way. Sweater vests are cool. I don't care what anybody says. The second thing I remember is that there were two boys who were a little older than me sitting in the pew behind us, and I was jealous of them because they were eating gummy candy during the service, and I, of course, had none, and I remember getting really annoyed with them because at one point, one of the boys took one of the gummies out of his mouth and he put it on the pew and left it there. I wasn't mad that he would leave it on the pew, but that he would actually waste this perfectly good candy when I had none at all. Clearly the service had a profound effect on my life. I said I remember three things. The last one was this. It made my mom happy that we were there. Perhaps the only thing of value that I remember from that night was that it made her happy. And as it turned out, that was the last Christmas Eve service that me or my family went to for at least 10 years. And I couldn't tell you why we went. I honestly couldn't. I mean, I knew it had something to do with some guy named Jesus. And that we'd go home and me and my brother would sing happy birthday to Jesus. But I had no idea what the point was. All I could come up with was that you went to church on Christmas Eve because that's what people do. And it makes mom happy. I wonder how many of us had similar experiences in our childhood or perhaps are having that experience even as I speak. It's just what we do on Christmas Eve. It's an hour and a half to make mom or maybe grandma or grandpa happy. Well, those of you who know me know that I like to ask the why question. Almost annoyingly so. I ask, why do we do anything? And because of that, tonight, I'd like us to turn to our reading from Isaiah 9 and talk about the why of Christmas. Hopefully, what we will see is our need for Christmas, the hope of Christmas, and then finally, the joy of Christmas. Let's start by talking about our need. For Christmas Now, some of you might be thinking at this point, here we go again, more Jesus is the reason for the season stuff. Well, hopefully we can get a little deeper than a somewhat cheesy and sadly often politicized slogan. Christmas is, of course, the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. It's rather grim and official sounding church title is the, the feast of the nativity of our Lord Jesus Christ. Very, very official sounding. But why do we celebrate it? Why do we need Jesus? Take a look at the first half of verse 1. We read, But there will be no more gloom for who, her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. What's going on here? Well, Applying a little bit of logic here, if the verse tells us that gloom and anguish are going to be no more, then we know that those things were the present condition of the people that God was talking to. They were in gloom and anguish. And the context of our passage drives this home for us. In Isaiah chapter 8, right before our reading, there is a warning about a coming invasion. The people of Israel are about to be conquered by the Assyrian Empire, and Zebulun and Naphtali were the first territories of Israel to fall. Now, folks often talk about gloom and anguish and the difficulties of life, but I think we can all agree that few situations are more challenging than literally being conquered. If we jump down to verse 5, this just gets hammered home for us it says for every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire now i don't know about you all but i read that verse and think it's christmas eve why are we reading about tramping warriors in bloody garments that does not sound very Christmassy to me that doesn't give me all the warm fuzzies you know Well, we're reading about it because it's a description of what Israel was going through then. They had been met with tramping warriors and conquerors. They have been plunged into a state of war, a war that they would lose. And the book of Isaiah tells us that Israel is being conquered because of their sin against God. The tramping warriors have come because Israel have turned their back on God. They rejected God and wanted to rule over themselves. They had sinned against the Lord and separated themselves from him, and because of that, they would be defeated by their enemies. The land that was intended to be a light to the world would be shrouded in darkness because the people of Israel believed that they would be better rulers of their lives and their land than God is. Now what does that have to do with us? And what on earth does that have to do with Christmas? Christmas. Well, just as the physical state of Israel was covered in darkness because of sin and their rejection of God, so it is with the spiritual state of people when we reject God and sin against him. The result is being separated from God, walking or living in darkness. And the result of that is the very gloom and anguish that Zebulun and Naphtali and all of Israel were experiencing. And it's why we experience the same in our lives. It's why we know that there is something wrong with the state of the world. It's why we know that things are not as they should be in our lives and we keep looking for solutions and coming up empty. It's why Christmas is necessary, it's the need of Christmas. God looked upon the state of mankind and saw a people in need. We've chosen life apart from God, but it has only led to darkness and despair, and so we need to be rescued. <clears throat> and God was not content to leave things as they are. He never wanted gloom and anguish for us. And that leads us to the hope of Christmas. The hope of Christmas, quite simply, is that God didn't leave us on our own, but acted in history to rescue us through Jesus Christ. Verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. Friends, that light is Jesus Christ. It's as simple as that. The hope of Christmas is that God took on flesh and was born into the world in order to cast out the darkness in which we live. From his humble beginnings being born in a lowly stable in a backwater town, to his sacrificial death upon the cross to pay for the sins of all people, to his glorious resurrection announcing that sin and death have been defeated, the mission of Jesus Christ has always been the same. To bring light to the world. Casting out the darkness and reconciling a wayward people with their loving Heavenly Father. The hope we have at Christmas is the hope given to us in Jesus Christ. And that hope is simply that through Him, the oppression of sin and death Is over. That is verse 4 tells us, he breaks those things so that his light might shine upon us. And we can have genuine hope because it doesn't rest on us, but on him. The work of casting out the darkness is the work of God. We don't have to earn it. We have to struggle through life, trying to prove that we deserve it. We don't have to do all we can to throw off the yoke of oppression. He does that for us. He brings light. Verse 6, for to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. God has promised to work in this world, to bring people out of darkness and into his glorious light, and he does not sit back and wait for people to do that for him. God promises to work, and God goes to work, and that is what he has done in Jesus. On Christmas, we celebrate the coming of the work of God in Jesus, the work of Christ to bring about the kingdom of God in this world. And that is a kingdom unlike any we have seen before or will ever see again. And we can say that because of who the ruler is. Our passage gives titles to Jesus that only begin to show how truly unique and amazing he is written some 800 years before the birth of Christ. Isaiah tells us that Jesus is the wonderful counselor, meaning that he is incomprehensibly wise. He's all-knowing. He's the mighty God. He's the strong defender of his people. He is the everlasting father, meaning that he has a perfect love and care for his children. And he is the Prince of Peace. The one who brings a contentment into peace so complete that it fulfills all of the deepest longings of our hearts. All of that in one man. Because that one man is God made man. Now some might be thinking at this point, well, if that's what God has promised to do, And if all the stuff that I'm talking about is true, that Jesus brought light into the world and established the kingdom of God, then why do we still see sin everywhere? Why do people continue to suffer from the rod of oppression and the yoke of burden? And they're fair questions. They're good questions. We should ask that sort of question. The answer I would give is simply this. That since the coming of Jesus, the kingdom of God has been spreading and growing throughout the world. That's, that's fact. But just as when you light a candle in a dark room, the darkness does not instantly go away, it's not driven out of every corner of the room right away. Over time, the light grows and spreads, and it becomes easy to be in the light. And so it is with the kingdom of God. Jesus is the light that has come into the world, and we have the promise of God that his kingdom will have no end, that it will be a kingdom of peace and righteousness, and that the work that began with Jesus' first coming will be completed at his return. That on his second advent, he will cast out darkness forever, and he will wipe every tear from every eye of those who love him. We need Christmas because we are a people who dwell in darkness as a result of our sin and rejection of God. We have hope because of Christmas, because Jesus has come, bringing light to the darkness and promising to one day end all of it. Lastly, we can have joy because of Christmas where's the joy in our passage simply this that the light is offered to all of us verse one tells us that God has made glorious the way of the sea the land beyond the Jordan Galilee of the nations why do we care at all about that just sounds like some places that have nothing to do with us living in Windsor today why should we care Well, Galilee of the nations could also be translated as Galilee of the Gentiles. If you were here on Sunday, you already know where I'm going with this. What is a Gentile? It's anyone who's not Jewish. Anyone. The point here is that God came to bring light not just to a particular people in a particular place at a particular time, but so that all people in all the world throughout all history might come to know him. That's why verse 3 tells us that God has multiplied the nation. All people walk in darkness because all people sin and fall short of the glory of God, as Paul tells us in Romans. But in Jesus, God is expanding the borders of his kingdom, offering all people a place within it, even you and me. The joy of Christmas is that in Jesus, darkness doesn't have the last word. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's true. But all who submit to the call of Jesus are justified by God's grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. All of us have sinned in our lives, and yet all of us can be made right with God, forgiven and reconciled to God through God's gracious gift found only in Jesus Christ. And many of us would find that hard to accept either because we think that there can't just be one way or the idea of Christians being right and others being wrong is just, we just can't go there. And we'll we'll talk about that some other time. The thing that I think affects most of us on that question is that we don't think there's forgiveness for us. That the sin that we have in our lives is just too much. It's beyond the pale. Not even God could forgive us. But friends, it's not true. There is no darkness that is more powerful than the light of Jesus Christ. There is no darkness that his light cannot drive out. Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promise that there will be no more gloom and no more anguish, for he is the child who was born. He is the Son who is given. He is the light that drives out darkness even from our hearts. In Matthew's Gospel, he tells us of how Jesus fulfills the very prophecy that we read this evening in Isaiah 9. He tells us that Jesus himself went into the land of Naphtali and Zebulun, that he brought his light to those lands that had been in darkness? And what was Jesus' message to them when he got there? Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. We receive the light of Jesus when we repent of our sins, when we acknowledge that we have rejected Jesus, that we've rejected God from our lives and embrace the darkness of sin. We receive the light of Christ when we confess our need for his light, that he must save us and that only he is able to drive out the darkness. That's the joy of Christmas. Christmas. Receiving the peace that has come for all of us. The life that has come for all of us. The kingdom of God has come and it will remain for all time. And all of that is true because on Christmas, Jesus Christ, the light of the world, came to the world as a humble, lowly baby. The gift of hope, of joy, of God's grace, it's all there for those who would receive him. For as John tells us in his gospel, the true light has come to give light to everyone and to all who did receive him, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. The need for Christmas is our need to be rescued. The hope of Christmas is that God has acted on behalf of his people in Jesus. And the joy of Christmas is that his light is is there for even us who have gathered here this evening. God has promised it, and in Jesus we see his work begun. And we look forward, those of us who believe in him, to when he will come again and fulfill all of his promises, his everlasting kingdom of justice and righteousness and peace without end. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks and praise that you have come in Jesus. Thank you that in him light has come, that darkness cannot overcome it. Father, we pray that you would open all of our hearts here this evening to receive that light, that we might come to know your Son as he is, as the one and only Savior of all people. Help us to praise him this evening and for the rest of our lives. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.